Hey, what's up? And welcome to uh, episode three of the Violet Minds podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Gabriel Joseph, and thank you for checking out episode three. Uh, Did the music finally come through on the intro? Uh, Probably not. Um, I guess we'll find out when I release this podcast, and I'll either be pleasantly surprised or pissed off. Whatever. Um, I'm hoping to improve every aspect of this podcast eventually, from equipment upgrades to research. Um, Kind of learning on the fly here, and apparently I'm a bit of a slow learner when it comes to technology, or maybe a more accurate statement would be that I'm not willing to take the time to learn uh, how to work technology. (laughs) Oh well, it is what it is. For the short term, you're going to have to deal with the shitty sound quality, lazy research, and maybe or maybe not have intro music, I don't know. In the next few months, my schedule lightens up quite a bit, so I'll finally have time to uh, get this thing right. So in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, homicidal ideation, the dark triad, and the McDonald's triad, which I think in like one of the first episodes I did, um, I made some kind of reference to the dark triad, but I think I used the McDonald's triad criteria or vice versa, so my bad on that. I'm probably going to fuck up a lot, so that's something you'll just have to deal with. <laughs> this will probably be the last in... Well, I won't say the last, but uh, it's going to be less informative episodes and more, I guess, entertainment or uh, dive deeper into my personal life and get into what I'm hoping is an interesting and somewhat educational uh, podcast. In this episode and from here on out, there's going to be quite a bit of graphic material that could be upsetting. I frankly don't know how to provide the information in any other way than to be blunt about it. Um, it feels completely unnatural for me to discuss these these things because there's probably only about three people in the whole world that know um, know about this stuff or know who I am. So it goes against everything I know to open up about who I am. So I apologize if the delivery comes across in an uncomfortable or nonchalant way. I don't know how else to do it. And if uh, you're a cat lover, I'd probably shut off this podcast now, um, unless you're looking for someone to use as a hate outlet. If that's the case, stay tuned. You've been warned, so listen at your own risk. With that being said, let's move on to homicidal ideation. Homicidal ideation is defined as a common medical term for thoughts about homicide. There is a range of homicidal thoughts which spans from vague ideas of revenge to detailed and fully formulated plans without the act itself. Most people who have homicidal ideation do not commit homicide. 50 to 91% of people surveyed on university grounds in various places in the United States admit to having had a homicidal fantasy. Homicidal ideation is common, accounting for 10 to 17% of patient presentations to psychiatric facilities in the United States. Um, For me personally, my earliest memory of having my first homicidal fantasy was probably around seven to eight years old, but I don't know. I could have had them earlier than that and just not remember. Um, I was with, I guess, what we consider a family friend who was a few years younger than me. We were on a bridge with our heads hanging over the edge and I had what was almost like a daydream or fantasy of just grabbing him by the back of the pants and pushing him headfirst off the bridge. And after the vision, my thought is that it would look like an accident and it's something that I could easily get away with, but it didn't like scare me or anything. I kind of figured most kids think like me. Um, I didn't think it was, you know, abnormal or anything like that. Um, I didn't really find out that that wasn't the case until I talked to some other kids about it, found out they didn't have those types of thoughts. 
I kind of knew at that time that this was something I had to keep to myself uh, because it looks a concern I experienced from my peers. Um, this is kind of what triggered my interest in serial killers, I suppose. They acted on, on the type of things that I think about, I guess. I could feel a weird connection to them, even though I knew what they were doing was considered wrong and evil. With that being said, I don't have the fantasies all the time. I'd say maybe once a day or less. Um, it's usually brought on by unresolved anger or rage or just being bored and allowing my mind to wander. I've had fantasies that involve the planning, stalking, and the kill. Um, that is usually the extreme when it comes to the fantasies. It maybe only happens once a year or, or even less, but it can happen multiple times a year as well. Um, if I have one of those types of fantasy, fantasies, I can be in like a really dark mood for quite a few, quite a few hours or days. Um, it's a feeling that can be best described as like microdosing adrenaline and having an unsatisfied feeling. The fantasy in this state can last up to like maybe 10 minutes or longer. i um, never really timed it out, but uh, they might be a lot longer than I think they are. Um, but whatever. The most recent detailed fantasy included a real piece of a shit human being, and my fantasy started with parking away from his house, walking to his house, quietly breaking into an area that I had compromised earlier for easier access during the act, and then waiting for the right time to attack and ultimately choke him until he passed out. After that, uh, strapping him to a table and waking him up. Uh, taunt him and put the fear of God into him by screaming at him, threatening him, putting cuts in his hands and his face, um, you know, like mild torture, and then calm him down and let him know he's going to live. And then once he's calm, slit his throat and watch the life leave his eyes. And then I disposed of his body. Once again, this is not a normal type of fantasy. Um, I think it's important to mention that the guy I had the fantasy about is alive and well, and these types of fantasies are quite rare. Most of my fantasies are quick little 10 to 15 seconds long. Um, it could be something as simple as <laughs> me strangling a drive through attendant at a fast food restaurant while waiting for my food. Or one of the more memorable fantasies I've had was when my wife uh, had to go to the ER for an injury. Uh, the doctor was putting my wife in a really uncomfortable situation. And uh, I kind of had a fantasy of strangling her with the wires that were attached to the machines in the room. And so... I'd say these types of fantasies are much more common where they're just quick little clips, I guess, if you will. Um, but they're not like consistent in the killing method. It's my mind kind of gets creative at times. It could be a stabbing, shooting, blood force trauma, uh, strangling, so on. Road rage can be a big trigger for my homicidal fantasies as well, uh, especially if I can see the face of the person driving like shit. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't get some some kind of satisfaction from the fantasy. Um, it kind of tends to be an ego booster for me. Most of these fantasies I can shut down immediately, but I generally ride them out, let them go as long as possible unless I need to put on a good mask at the time. Um, if I get too invested in the fantasy, it's going to change the way I act for a while. And as you might suspect, I have no feelings of guilt post-fantasy. Um, it's not something I suffer from. It's just kind of a part of who I am. And an important side note, um, homicide, homicidal ideation is not a trait of psychopathy or sociopathy. It can obviously be comorbid with it, but it uh, can also stand alone. Um, I'm going to take a quick drink of my alcoholic beverage. 
Perfect. All right, let's move on. Um, now we're going to do kind of briefly talk about the McDonald's triad. Um, the McDonald's triad, also known as the triad of sociopathy of the homicidal triad, is a set of three factors that has been suggested if any combination of two or more are present together to be predictive of or associated with a later violent tendencies, particularly with relation to serial offenses. The triad was first proposed by psychiatrist J.M. McDonald in The Threat to Kill, a 1963 article in the American Journal of Psychiatry. Um, Small-scale studies conducted by psychiatrists Daniel Hellman and Nathan Blackman and then FBI agents Johnny Douglas and Robert K. Ressler, along with Dr. Ann Burgess, claim that substantial evidence for association of these childhood patterns with later predatory behavior, although it remains an influential and widely taught theory, subsequent research has generally not validated this line of thinking. The triad links cruelty to animals, obsession with fire starting and uh, fire setting, and persistent bedwetting post a, past a certain age. To violent behaviors, particularly homicidal behavior and sexual predatory behavior, however, other studies claim to have not found statistically significant links between the triad and violent offenders. Further studies have suggested that these behaviors are actually more linked to childhood experience of parental neglect, brutality, or abuse. Some argue, oh shit, I lost my place. Hold on one second. Whoops. Here we go. Some argue this in turn results in homicidal proneness. The triad concept as a particular combination of behaviors linked to violence may not have any particular validity. It has been called an urban legend. And most of the shit I research, like, well, when it comes to definitions and crap like that are coming from Wikipedia. So take that for what it is. Um, when I was a kid, I guess I would have fit into the McDonald's triad. Um, I'm also not sure it's a thing that really exists, but um, I can recall bedwetting until I was around eight years old. Um, once again, I didn't realize that this was abnormal. Um, I remember wetting the bed at my aunt and uncle's house that lived out of state, and my aunt mentioned that I was a little old to be wetting the bed. That was when I realized that this isn't something I should be doing, and uh, it wasn't normal. But it was also kind of the first time I'd heard that as well. So, um, actually, I, for being honest, I used to wet the bed up until my mid-20s, but that was mostly because I'd get blackout drunk drinking beer on a regular basis. Um, then I learned that I could, get, I could uh, get blackout drunk on vodka and not piss the bed, so that was kind of a better deal. <laughs> um, moving on, I also had an interest in fire, but I think... I think most kids do to a certain extent. Um, I never committed arson, but I would start fires that were on the verge of uncontrollable and then put them out. That gave me kind of a bit of a rush. Um, I did this at a place that was oil soaked and the main part of the building was, I believe, over 100 years old. Ironically, the uh, burning building burned down when I was 15. Um, I promise it wasn't me. The fire marshal determined that it was an electrical fire in the attic. Um, and the final criteria for the McDonald's triad is animal abuse. This is going to be kind of an unpopular subject. It may be hard to hear, but, uh, I don't feel much for animals. Um, 
I don't mind dogs, and I like my dog, but all of their animals are kind of just that. They're just animals. Um, when I was around four years old, my grandparents, who lived on a farm at the time, um, always had kittens, dogs, you know, animals, chickens, stuff like that. That summer, um, my when I was four, uh, they gave us some kittens, I think two kittens, and that was kind of the last time we had animals until I was around 14, because I drowned one of them in a kiddie pool, and I slammed the other kitten against a tree by the tail. Um, I believe they both died. And uh, when I was a little older, I got a BB gun for Christmas and killed pretty much everything I could with it. Um, I can remember my father telling me I need to stop shooting things because I was filling up the dumpster. And if someone saw that, they may not understand, which is kind of funny if you think about it. It wasn't, that, wasn't the action that was bad in my dad's eyes. It was what people would think if they found out. <laughs> uh, once again, I realized my hobby was a little abnormal because of a neighborhood girl that was with me when I shot a bird off a telephone line once. Uh, her reaction and my excitement of killing something was kind of eye-opening, to say the least. My thought was... It's, just a fucking bird, but uh, she, I think she was, I think she cried a lot, so, um, I can't remember what age I was, when I got a little bit older, I got a compound bow and arrow set, and it just, that kind of uh, upped the ante a little bit, and became a little more of a challenge, and brought me a little bit more satisfaction than shooting something with my BB gun, um, that turned into an activity that I would do pretty much by myself and wouldn't talk about with anybody. Um, it's probably probably a good time to move on since the cat lovers certainly hate me by this point. So <laughs> finally, let's talk about the dark triad. In psychology, the dark triad comprises the personality traits of narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. They are called dark because of their malevolent qualities. Research on the dark triad is used in applied psychology, especially within the fields of law enforcement, clinical psychology, and business management. People scoring high on these traits are more likely to commit crimes, cause social distress, and create severe problems for an organization, especially if they are in leadership positions. Um, they also tend to be less compassionate, agreeable, empathetic, satisfied with their lives, and less likely to believe they and others are good. All three dark triad traits are conceptually distinct, although empirical evidence shows them to be overlapping. They are associated with a callous, manipulative, interpersonal style. Um, nar narcissism is characterized by grandiosity, pride, egotism, and a lack of empathy. Um, Machiavellian... <laughs> I can't speak again tonight. Machiavellianism is characterized by manipulation and exploitation exploitation of others, an absence of morality, unemotional callousness, and a higher level of self-interest. Psychopathy is characterized by continuous antisocial behavior, impulsivity, selfishness, callous, and unemotional traits, and remorselessness. A factor analysis found among the big five personality traits, low agreeable Agreeableness is the strongest correlate of the dark triad, while neuroticism and a lack of conscientiousness were, associate, were associated with some of the dark triad members. Agreeableness and the dark triad show correlated change over development. I need another drink. Hold on. Perfect. 
So, how do I fit in the dark triad? I have no fucking clue. I've, I've never been to prison or plan on going to prison, so I'll never be evaluated. So in my eyes, outside the prison system, the dark triad means pretty much absolutely nothing. Um, you would generally get the diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder with psychopathic traits outside of the prison system if you were just to go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or whoever. Um, at least that's what the research has kind of pointed the direction for me um, for uh, to be a pretty common thing. I know that I have traits from all three of the dark triad criteria, but it's just a, basically a tool to say that you're a menace to society. And the McDonald's triad was used as a predictor of violent criminals or serial killers, but I had read a stat that said it had like a 57% accuracy. If that's the case, in my eyes, I don't think it's very accurate. So... Anyhow, um, these first three episodes were kind of intended to get some of the terminology out of the way so that, so that there's a basic understanding of the topics we'll be discussing. Um, I'm kind of overdoing all this informative bullshit. I'm ready to start talking about some real shit. So if you were offended from, offended from any of the material you're listening to on this podcast, then that's on you. You had the chance to hear it off and you didn't. So you fucking Karen. That's going to wrap up episode three of the Violent Minds podcast. Thanks again for listening and be sure to subscribe to check out our future episodes. Next week's episode is going to be on who the fuck knows because I have yet to decide on a topic. Um, I'll most likely come up with something like the day before recording and then cram my research so it'll be disorganized mess per the usual. Anyhow, the Violent Minds podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Thanks again for listening. I'm out.